do here is go back, 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 back. Welcome, welcome to the Hustle Soul Separately, a weekly podcast dedicated to all of you amazing human beings out there that tune into my show every single week. I love you guys. I really appreciate it because, um, you know, I'm 420 plus episodes in and you guys keep coming. Uh, so I appreciate that. You know, uh, for any of my newer listeners, I always say, um, you know, we're like this beautiful group of anti status quo find your own lane, you know, do your own thing, uh, entrepreneurs and hustlers, creators, doers, creatives. Um, you know, we also have a lot of CEOs and, and, uh, you know, startups and producers and artists, all kinds of people that listen to the show, but ultimately carving your own path. And for my newer listeners, you know, I always say that we just, we don't glamorize or glorify success because I say that it's a very arbitrary word that only you can define. And I need you to define it for yourself <laughs> because um, at the end of the day, um, that is your own personal journey. And um, I think one of the most important things about why we are here. So, you know, often at times I say society is kind of saying, oh, well, when you have this metric and when you do this thing and this title, I think we're witnessing in real time what exactly happens when we stick too close to metrics and titles and things like that. I'm not saying don't have goals. I'm just saying make sure that you do things that's meaningful for you. So um, really, really, truly appreciate um, you guys constantly tuning in and being a part of the process. And uh, for my newer listeners, you can reach out at Matt Gottesman on Instagram. I answer each and every single DM, text, reply, response. You guys name it. I, I'm on it. So I really, really appreciate you guys. And uh, we have another incredible episode today uh, with Janine Jane. And we're going to be talking about being resourceful and eliminating expectations. And while we were thinking it might just be an entrepreneurship, uh, we started before the show talking about how it might actually be not just an entrepreneurship, but in life in general. So we're going to probably go on a whole tear. And, um, you know, the thing is, is when we're talking about being resourceful, it's adapting. It's, you know, um, trying to make pivots for something that's greater in you that you're trying to achieve. And I don't mean from an achievement, again, like through this whole thing with success, as much as like, oh, you're trying to kind of define your own path, you know, um, and the greater relationship you have with yourself, the greater relationship you will have, uh, well, the greater release and dropping the expectations of what you need kind of from the material world while you're trying to build your inner and outer world for you. So we're going to get into all kinds of conversations, but real quick, a background on Janine, certified professional hypnosis and intuitive coach. So this is going to be fun. Uh, I actually have a lot of questions regarding that. Um, she's worked in corporate worlds. She's been exposed to the success of many great companies and the things that make a company great. She's also witnessed a lot of individuals get in the way of their own success due to making drastic decisions. I can honestly side with her from what I've seen in the corporate world as a consultant in early years. Um, she did start uh, at uh, Toyota many years ago at a young age, uh, went on to Quicken Loans. She's 30 year old, 38 year old single mom, was overwhelmed with long hours in corporate America. Hallelujah. I get that. She knew she wanted to spend more time with her son and had to figure out a way to better manage her resources and time. So she leaped into endeavors by taking advice from others, encouraging her to take the risk and leap of faith before she was ready by taking recommendations. Uh, and it added more stress to her day to day. So I'm looking forward to talking about that for anybody listening. And I was reading about um, this the other day and listening to the podcast. Entrepreneurship, you know, 
it is a journey. It is a journey of self-discovery that you have no idea if you're really wanting to do it the you know the way of uh, you know appropriate way with all the details involved, and it will really challenge you. So, um, but it's I think it's a hundred percent worth it. And you know, she says timing is everything. And if we are not in tune with ourselves, we can sometimes make that leap too soon because if we follow good advice that isn't necessarily right for us. Feelings are temporary, which is why she always recommends sitting with yourself when it comes to making a major life-changing decision. Amen. And many make this process look easy, um, and it can be, but with the right plan. So we're going to talk. We're going to dive into a whole bunch of things. But thank you for being here. Thank you, thank you. I'm excited <laughs> to be here. <laughs> uh, you know, it's amazing. And thank you. You've been very supportive for like four or five years now of all of my work. So I appreciate it. And, and you know, and it's cool to learn more about your background as well. Um, first question is the same, and I always say this. How do we get here? Like hypnotherapy, um, I love it. I want to. I want you to talk a bit more about that. But all, like, what made you decide to go there? And were there a series of events? You can go as far back as you want, but were there like a series of events that kind of led us to this point that you're like, you know what, this is the the route that I want to go into? Well, I would say since my earlier years, um, I was very into psychology, human behavior, people, and just getting an understanding for people in general. And so fast forward, I think it was 2015 or 16, I can't remember the year. Um, I was working at doing mortgage loans and I couldn't sleep, everything was off, just everything. I, I was lucky if I got an hour of sleep before going into the office because it was the stress, the anxiety, everything just kept me up at night. So I hired a hypnotist to work on some things after a breakup and um, a few other things, but we won't, that's for another time. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. And so because the <laughs> hypnosis worked, I was just kind of throwing, I was skeptical going into it. And um, then I just asked, I was like, so if it works for this, do you think it would work for sleep? Cause this is my, I've been going to the doctor and sleep studies and they hooked me up to machines and nothing's working. And she said, yeah. So then she hypnotized me and we started working on my sleep and it worked. And I was just, from there, it became a hobby. You know, I was still doing mortgages, but I would just research and read. And then one day I got an invitation to do a hypnosis course. And it was, I don't know, I wanna say three years since having my first experience with hypnosis. And then I was just pretty much done in corporate America and, um, so yeah, I got the, I, I actually quit my job not having a plan. That's why I say <laughs> right, have to have a plan right. because sometimes we can create more problems for ourselves. But um, in it was about two weeks. I didn't know what I was going to do. I got something in the mail mm. about a hypnosis course and then I reached out to my hypnotist. And then um, from there, she invited me to take a course and uh, the rest is history. Explain to everybody how hypnosis works. How hypnosis works. Yeah. So there's different brain waves, right? Mm -hmm. So have you have you ever driven your car and you get to your destination? You're like, how did I get here? Right. Okay. Yeah. So that is just a. That's, so in sports, they call it yeah. being in the zone, mm -hmm. right? So right. when we're reading, when we're writing, when we're doing something with a lot of focus, mm -hmm. we get into that zone easier, and it's that lower brainwave frequency. So mm -hmm. You're still awake, but you're not in the cognitive, rational, logical thinking. Like I can see like, okay, I'm gonna put this pen over here 
Sometimes we drive and we just make that right turn. It's like, I don't even remember. So we basically do it on autopilot. Yeah. It make you know, it's, I was, as I was listening, it makes a lot of sense because, um, when I'm doing anything creative, especially writing or designing, um, building stuff, you know, since like, whether it's for my agency or for whatever it might be, and I'm building and I'm in that mode and somebody calls and then all of a sudden, um, it's like coming up out of a, 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 a haze. Like I, I can hear them, but it's not like the things aren't coming on to like help give advice or to have the logic and the reasoning. I'm like, wait, what? Like, no, I'm still in it. I'm still like creating. And most people that know me, you know, you know, or my closest loved ones would, you know, easily say, oh, oh are you in it right now? Like, you know, I got to, I'll let you go. Um, but it's like that because you're, you're, you're coming up out of this, you know, haze. That's exactly it. Right. And let me ask you this. When you're in that, as you called it, haze, right. how much more creative are you? Oh, when I'm in it, uh, forget it. Like I'm in my zone. Okay. So if you were to operate from the cognitive, rational, logical thinking mind, do you think you could perform better or do you perform better when you're in that haze? In the haze. Yeah. And do you marry the two? You can. Because when you're in the when you're in your zone, so basically, how do you bring the in your zone to like, I don't want to use an example like Gary Vee, but like he would appear like he's in he, he's brought his thing forward where he's in it all the time. Mm -hmm. So like, is that so like the, the feeling you get when you are so intentional and present in the art of what it is that you're doing? Can you bring that forward into your everyday like life? So for me, what defines that is focus. Yeah. And so, uh -huh. so it's, it's focus and discipline. So I ask myself and I ask the listeners, what do you focus on on a day today? Mm. Where is your energy going to? Right. Because everyone goes into that state. I right. mean, to fall asleep and to wake up, you have to go through that state of mind. Right. So yes. But you have to be intentional there it is. about it. Does Pro that? It, it makes 100%. Yeah, because being proactive, being present, practicing, mm -hmm. you know, constantly being very present and intentional and making the most aligned choices in any given in any given situation that is completely like in alignment with where you're at versus an autopilot response when we're not present. Um, so it's, so it's interesting. So you, so you got into hypnotherapy and, um, how is that like, so you've grown that as a business and then, but you know, when we were, you and I were talking earlier about like resourcefulness, um, and, oh, well, first of all, let me back up because you were saying something like I jumped in, I didn't have a plan. How was that? And the, that's a very important question because I know a lot of people listen and that is a thing for a lot of people is either they don't have a plan, they want to do it, but they're scared. Or, you know, the plan changes all the time, right? <laughs> like yes. our plan changes all the time. So like, how was it for you? And like, what did you learn from that? So I think for me, so it was just the excitement, right? Mm -hmm. And when I was going through my training and my certification and just being in the group and being in the crowd, I was just, I like, it felt like home. I was like, this is what I'm supposed to be mm -hmm. doing. And so... I just, um, I had a job lined up and it was actually a really, really good offer with a local mortgage company. And um, 
And I called them and I said, you know what, I, you know, I'm going to pursue something else. And it was just the advice of, you know, if this is what you really want to do, Janine, take the risk. Like, if you don't take the risk, how, how will you right. know? And looking back, I wish I would have taken the job and just grown it gradually as opposed to just diving in because but i don't regret it because i mean we learn from our mistakes right and i definitely have some moments where i've looked back and i'm like that was a learning experience won't do that again i'm so glad you actually bring this up too because i think that that's a lot of relief for a lot of people too because a lot of people see like the whole like i don't want to just jump fully in like am i really really ready and prepared for it and i you know i've had to give advice recently to a couple people on that i just said listen I'm like, you can have a beautiful job that is your investor in your life. But what you do with your downtime and building up the macro of your life will also be vital if you're to ever move from one to the other. So you have to treat both with respect. If you're keeping the job, it can't be your crutch. Right. Like, so you can, but, but I think it's okay to keep it. I absolutely think it's okay to keep it because it can keep the lights on. It can keep you from that piece of not having to worry about certain things that allows you to be in a creative state and a creative flow to build something else is priceless if used. Bingo. Um, and I like how you said your investor. So look at yes. if you're wanting to leap out and do something on your own. Think of companies. Companies have investors, right? right? They don't always just leap into something on their own. So view your employer as your investor. Yes. So that you can make your dreams come true. And it doesn't have to be overnight. It, it Building a business takes time. It's right. not something that like, boom, now you're like the next influencer with millions of followers. And, you know, it just anything that's worth it definitely takes time. Yeah. Amen. And, you know, and this, so this leads to resourcefulness. And I think it's this idea of, um, well, we, we went on a tangent a little bit before the show <laughs> on a lot of things, <laughs> everybody listening, things that we probably have to have another episode for, um, out of just, you know, talking about the whole macro level, what's going on in the world. Um, but, um, but it led, you know, partially to talking about resourcefulness and like when we, let's talk about that. Like, what does that mean both in entrepreneurship, but also in like in our lives? And like, you know, we, we've been watching kind of a whole shift in humanity in general. And I think, you know, um, it's, I would think helping, hopefully showing people like, you know, listen, I think there's some things you need to pay attention to and how you manage the things that you consume <laughs> and how to prepare for the unexpected. Mm -hmm. We learn that in entrepreneurship automatically. Like, oh, I was not ready for that. I was not I was not prepared for that. <laughs> After a while, you get really tired of saying that. And then you're like, all right, like, how do I prepare for that? What do I need to do? And how do I be more resourceful? And then resourcefulness is also like, oh, like you were saying, and I'd love for you to expand on that. Like a lot of times people see that the shiny object, they see like the, the person the, the that's in the studio with all the fancy equipment, and all this other stuff. Um, and that we think that we need to be able to have all that first to even get there. And no, you don't. You could just take out your phone and start from there. Yes. Yeah, so and that I think comes from just, you know, social media and seeing people and having this attachment to what things should be or should look like. Mm -hmm. So and I did compliment you on the studio. I was like, wow, you know, this is a nice little studio, nice setup. And 
I just, if anyone's listening, how many of you out there have wanted to start something, but because you don't have X, Y, and Z at the status that you would want it to be, you've held up, like put it on the back burner, said, you know what, I'm not going to start when you could literally just use what you have available to you, whether it's a phone, whether you record on your, on Zoom. I don't know. Like, I think that's an option to record Mm -hmm. on Zoom. And um, so what's holding you back? Is it feeling like you have to have more to even get started? And then my question to you is, when is enough enough? Right. Yeah. Well, yeah, we went on a tear on that as well, too. Well, you know, here's the interesting thing about the, the resourcefulness, right? So, um, you know, when you're saying like people feeling held back, right? Like, you know, do they, you know, well, I need these things. And I, I put somebody once in this situation. I said, all right, here's the studio. Go. They didn't know what to do with it. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody wants the big stuff, but they didn't know what to do with it. Now, give a guy or a girl the opportunity to be in a studio who's been making beats or making movies or making whatever from home on a computer, on a phone, piecing together softwares, piecing together different resources, doing all these different things. They understand the fundamental concepts it takes to make the Mm, thing. So now when they get into a studio, they're like, oh, is that how you're doing your reverb? Is that how you're doing your post-production? Is that how you're doing that? Like they're a kid in a candy store because they learned all of the components that go into actually like building the thing that by the time they get to the bigger thing that helps, you know, support that they're ready for it. Yep. And we cannot do that without resourcefulness, without piecing together, you know, a home PC and like a video camera. (laughs) Well, And and think of, you know, some of the stories of like some of the greatest people that started businesses out of garages or basements or, you know, just very, successful people that created something out of nothing and where what it's evolved to become and not everyone has to evolve to such a grand scale it's like for one person they can define like okay this i'm happy here it doesn't have to be elaborate right well i think that comes from the pressure that they're seeing online which Mm -hmm. is also a lot of times smoke and mirrors and you know in a lot of ways and so you brought up about eliminating expectations you know, in entrepreneurship, um, although I think there's probably a lot of different like areas in that. But that expectation of um, I'll be successful when and I tell people I'm like you're successful now by doing it because there's a lot of people who won't. So even jumping in and actually doing it and working on it and trying to figure it out, that is success. Now, I get it. if we're looking for something definitive in how the business is doing itself or the, you know, the purpose, if you will. Um, Cool. It's okay to like, think about like, what does that look like for you? Like how many people are you helping? How many people are you impacting? You know, whatever, but that gets tricky because it can get into our ego and it can get in our way if we're not careful. Mm -hmm. Right. Yes, it can. And speaking of resourcefulness, um, you know, I think of, just everything going up, right? Yeah, yeah. Rent go. is right going up yep. significantly. Mm-hmm. So, and and when you use the example of you know someone that's been doing, right. so they can put these pieces together. I think of budgeting, mm-hmm. right, and being resourceful with what you have. And I feel like 
we're at a time when many are being forced to budget. Yes. Where before that may not have been a thing for them. Yeah. So how do we go from finding happiness with what we, because that's where it starts. Mm -hmm. Because if we focus on, well, I used to have this and then this happened and then this, then it's it's this cloud yes. that overwhelms us. And then we're focused on those things. Instead, have the mindset of, you know what? I can't do my daily Starbucks. I don't do Starbucks. Right. <laughs> that's one thing I got resourceful on. I started buying the cold brew at Costco yeah. and just making my own coffee at home. Um, but there's little things like that that we can get resourceful on. A hundred percent. I'm so glad you brought that up. Keep going. Keep going. Oh no, no, keep going. Go ahead. No, no, no. Yeah, this is this is good. You you look like you you look like you're gonna flow. Go, go, go. So um, so I just look at something as simple as coffee, right? That we can we can change and adapt. Something as simple as you know the material stuff of this world. I feel like some uh, some feel like they have to have the next nicest you know purse or watch or gadget or whatever but at the end of the day a bag is a bag a watch is a watch and as long as it holds your con your stuff your contents and it tells you the right time right i'm i'm on board with that 100 and i know there's some people listening who'll say like don't punish me for like liking nice things and it's like listen if it's within your means yes. go right ahead I love nice things, but I don't, I'm not consumed by them. And I, I, I heard a rabbi say to me a long time ago, eh, it's in the Torah, I think it might even be in the Bible, I'm not sure, but it was like, like, don't um, be a slave to material things. You own them, they don't own you. Yes. So material things are fine. But like, but I love the fact that you bring up about budgeting and, I'll, and I, you know, it's like, don't find happiness, create it. Mm -hmm. Because... The funny thing about budgeting is when you start to put direction, and I said this in my last podcast episode, so a podcast episode about managing what you want to multiply. Mm. If you budget anything, your health, your body, your finances, you're actively participating and understanding what energy is going into it and what is coming out of it. So what do you think is going to happen when you're paying more attention? You become more confident in understanding all of it and it brings on a whole new energy because you know like the cost of things and you know um, you know, uh, what you can and cannot do and you know um, how that helps maybe negotiate in business or um, help you know, run a household or make all kinds of different decisions that help ground you in more stability yeah. while building. And I think resourcefulness is the greatest thing on earth because like a lot of people, you know, here, here's a great, you brought up a great point with Starbucks. I'm a, a lot of you guys, maybe you like to go to Nobu, maybe you like to go to some, you know, fancy restaurant, all of that stuff. First of all, nothing wrong with a really great meal. I'm going to challenge you on that because once you start um, cooking from home and really making like, I mean, some serious, serious recipes, which by the way, when you buy the ingredients, you're already eating healthier and you know what's going for the most part, if you're cooking from scratch, you know what's going into it. And changes are after a while, there's less and less and less restaurants that you may actually like to eat at because they're actually maybe not as good. It was just more of, you know, the whole ambiance and this and that and, you know, whatever. And, and don't get me wrong. I get it. But like for foodies, you'll start to notice the difference when you're, you know, less and less restaurants and you're cooking more and more at home. But now you're saving on your groceries. You're saving on eating out. You're saving like on all these different things. And you're also starting to build a... A, like you know a different kind of life 
100%. I agree right. with that. I am a total foodie. <laughs> right. Okay. I did not. I'm 38. I did not learn how to cook until I was in my early 30s. Gotcha. So if you are someone out there that is listening to this and you're thinking to yourself, well, I don't know how to cook. I don't know how to make a meal at home. Start with the basics. Right. The basics is, you know, if you like rice, I think that's gluten free for gluten free listeners um <laughs> there is pasta the, like start with those things and then build from that and say you know what would i want to add to my rice or what do i want to add to my pasta and then just think of a few like three ingredients that you think that goes good together and then build from that but you don't have to be a major chef an iron chef <laughs> yeah, right, right. that's in the kitchen like oh my, and like you don't have to make it pretty it can look sloppy like it just just as long as it's healthy it's nutritious and you're learning to be resourceful and it's also making you present i've noticed mm -hmm. that when i cook i back to <laughs> subconscious and being being really in a in a zone i'm creating and therefore i'm removed from distractions i'm removed from things that don't warrant my attention or energy and i'm even a breaking from doing the work that i'm doing all day so it actually is a very rewarding thing it allows me to like almost almost be like meditating while doing something and mm -hmm. i think that like you know there's just uh, we're living in a time i think that is very interesting that i think people have to start like you said learning to budget more and start taking an active role versus just straight over consumption because i think that the bottom line is is that it's always been nothing is guaranteed. Now, really, nothing is guaranteed. <laughs> and, yes. I think, and I think that, you know, people ask all the time, like, well, how do you deal with uncertainty in entrepreneurship? And how do you deal with uncertainty in life? One, we deal with it. But two, a greater answer would be the more self-reliant I can make myself, the, the less I feel impacted by the decisions of mm -hmm. an external world because if I'm already paying attention to my body and I'm already paying attention to my finances and I'm already paying attention to, um, you know, my family and relationships and every, you know, just the, the world of which I'm, I'm an active participant in. Right. Um, I, I, the more confident I am because I'm making ground, I'm making decisions from a, a knowing of myself and knowing of my emotions of who I am and, and constantly learning who I am and, and all these things. But like, I'm not affected. So if somebody else makes a different decision that affect, that couldn't normally affect me, if I'm giving them all the weight of the world, the expectation of them to fulfill something for me, mm -hmm. you know, the moment that gets pulled from me, I'm pissed. And I shouldn't be. And it took me some time. I think I said this on one of my last episodes. Like the, it, what happened was I had to basically be like, Oh, it's okay that like you decide you're you're no longer gonna work for me, or you're no longer gonna do this, or you're no longer gonna do that. Like, okay, like what do you mean okay? Like, oh well, I'm I'm prepared for it. Like, I already have you know things in place. I'm already I'm always constantly like building the world in which I I myself up, so that way if somebody else makes a decision that could potentially affect me, it affects me less. Mm -hmm. Right. And and when you when you when you bring that up as affecting me less. You know, one of the things I worked in corporate America for many years right. and I was in sales and um, to hype everyone up and to get everyone excited. It was like, you know what? Close another deal. Get another get get, get another one in the pipeline. Um, you really want that fancy car, don't you? You and, and it was right. a motivation, almost like holding the carrot in front of the horse. Mm. And 
I look back and I think of the amount of debt that I got into and nothing that was meaningful. Mm. It wasn't like good debt because I do believe that there is good debt. Um, but it was like a, having the carrot in front of the horse. And then you go out and get all this material stuff, the brand new car, you know, you're using credit cards, this and that. But then it gets to a point where you're like, oh, shit, I can't leave my job. Boom. I like I it, it becomes like you have to go yeah. to work. You yes. have to be there every day. Otherwise, everything falls apart. And um, and when we talk about entrepreneurship and starting a business, right? It's for me, it's important to have that sense of security. Mm-hmm. Can I take risks? Absolutely. There is certain risks that I can I can take and I can dive in and say, you know what, I'm going to do this. I don't know how it's going to look or what's going to happen, but I'm just going to trust like that blind faith. Right. But then there is also doing that, not having a plan and setting yourself up for more worries, more stress, because if your basic needs aren't met, (laughs) it just gets in the way of creative flow. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. A hundred percent. Uh, I love that you bring all that up. And that trap, it's that trap. Uh, that's where, um, I don't even know what tangent I want to go on. Because it's like, if, when we put it, when people put themselves into a place of overconsumption, which then keeps them into a role that they don't necessarily like, which keeps the carrot stick thing constantly circulating, right, around their world, mm-hmm. um, it's hard to get up out of that. And this goes back to like when you are a bit more resourceful, it's just more of a, are you understanding um, how to make things work for where you are at and for where you want to move towards versus being owned by the situations that you might have created from wanting things faster than you should have obtained them, right? Mm. So there's a lot, there's a lot like in there. And that, and again, I think, um, you know, we were talking uh, right before the show about how I remember about six, seven years ago, I was, I was burnt out um, and um, I was talking with my mother about, um, you know, some people who like they were in these kind of, you know, these type of jobs that I can't say that they were fulfilled, but they were making a certain type of money and they couldn't understand like the route that I was taking and all this other stuff. And I was like going on this tear and I'm like, you know, oh, like why couldn't I have just taken the more normal route and all this other stuff. And she's like, I think you're selling yourself short. And I said, all right, you know, explain. And she was saying, you know, um, the fact of the matter is, is that you know how to adapt. You're resilient. You know how to prepare yourself for any situation. You know how to make things work. You know how to make money when it seems like there's no way to make money. You know how to um, make it work, the money work. You know how to, you know, get by if like times are not as, you know, uh, good. You know how to get by. You know how to manage when times are good. You've got the full rounded experience of how to behave in all these different moments because you chose a different path. Yes. And that hit me very hard. And I didn't even get to see that for another six years until 2020, when a lot of people were in situations all of a sudden that that was being challenged. Their jobs were going, their health was potentially being compromised. Like all of these systems also that were also in place being like kind of not necessarily maybe there for them the way I experienced eight years prior. You know, um, and being challenged, like, oh, what do we do? And oh, well, you don't get this. You don't, you know, that's easy for you to say. And so I'm like, no, I've been there. 
you know. Um, and so the things that we relied on that we thought were always going to be there, even if we weren't really even happy with them, mm-hmm. now if they're all of a sudden being removed, you know, what would you do differently? And now I look back and I see what she was talking about with the resilience and the resourcefulness because it was allowing me to understand like on any given, you know, path, how to make decisions that allow us to adapt, um, you know, for that long game. It's not fun, by the way, if anybody's listening, <laughs> there's times that it's not fun <laughs> be at all. Very uncomfortable. You'd be very uncomfortable, you know, like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm not going to your guy's wedding in Bali like the rest of them. Um, I'll be home. You know, this is like years ago, but it's like, oh, I'll, I'll be home. But enjoy. And you're like, oh, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know why that Matt would put himself through that. You know, <laughs> you know, try traveling now, by the way, friend. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and you bring up a really good point because, mm-hmm. um, you know, it is, I just lost my train of thought. Um, we, oh, I, I went on a tear on a bunch of different things, you know. Yeah, but. and I wanted to go back to overconsumption. Ugh, well, you know how I feel about that. <laughs> well, you know, and, and as you were talking about overconsumption, the one thing that came to mind was, and, and I just want people to sit with this. This may resonate with you. This may not resonate with you. But when it comes to overconsumption, what are you trying to fill? Yes. What are you yes. trying to what do you feel is empty or missing mm-hmm. and because there's nothing external that's going to satisfy that right that's all that's all with it like it can be a temporary like oh that was so fun shopping or getting my nails done or going out to brunch with the girls um but it's only temporary and then when you go home you're back to sitting with yourself you're back to feeling whatever that feeling is within you that has that sense of wanting to overconsume. That's a it's a very good point because for anybody that's this okay nine to fivers, if you're listening, this can actually happen to uh, I know a few entrepreneurs where um, they made a shit ton of money and they have a different enslavement. So just like where somebody overconsumes in the nine to five world and they're stuck in a job, you have other people who like they're making more and more money to keep chasing more and more things to find to find a certain level of fulfillment. I know a lot of people say like, oh yeah, but like at least they have the money. I'm like, yeah, but, but do like, they have the money. Yeah, that's the other thing too. Because if they have debt, right? Exactly. That's a, that's a huge. They're they're in a, they're on their own chase, and that actually is more often than not the case. By the way, that they're actually in more and more debt, which we also saw from you know in 2020. Uh, where you had a lot of people who had very, very, I mean, I remember seeing like there were a couple of different mu- like musicians where they were earning about a million dollars a month in total between revenue and or touring and everything, whatever. And I forget which one, which artist it was, but like um, they then um, were basically practically broke. Um, they were coming out talking about it online. And like somebody mentioned, like, don't you make like a million dollars like a month? But like they're spending a, like 1.1 million a month yeah. on a lifestyle. And they're like the, the, the presentation of who they are in this mm-hmm. world. Yeah. So they're actually spending in excess of what they're making. And so that even hit them really, really hard. And like, I don't think that people really realize it's like, um, you know, they're chasing a whole other lifestyle as well. Like, and so if we're not constantly, I don't know, I think for me, uh, the way I'm looking at it is like resourcefulness is a way of also saying like, what's really important. That's where I was going to go. Thank you for reminding there me. You go. I was going to talk about values. There you go. Well, let's you let, um, please let's go on a tear on values. <laughs> well, you said you mentioned something earlier in in how like when you make certain decisions, um, whether it's as an entrepreneur or whether you're going to spend here, it really comes to the core of what do you value? Yes. 
do you value the material stuff, the shiny object? Do you value like being seen at a fancy restaurant in right. your fancy car? Or do you value, you know, exploring the world? Right. Do you value nature? Do you value camping, spending time with family? So if we can get down to the core, like what do I value? Yes. And then know what that is for you. And it's okay, whatever it is. But just be resourceful from that space while fulfilling the things that you value. Mm. That, that's a, it's a big, a big thing. And I, I ask that people sit with themselves and think about that. What do you really value? Like, what do you really want? And why do you even really want it? You know, um, and because, yeah, it was funny when you were talking about that just now, I was thinking about how you'll see some people were like, they constantly want to be seen, mm-hmm. you know, and so they're spending on money to be seen. Then I know people who way wealthier that are out in like nature on a hike with some friends, you know, yeah. <laughs> they're like not a care in the world. They're like breathing the oxygen and the, the beautiful, you know, trees and like just, you know, enjoying a day in the life that like they're going to go. They're just kind of flowing. They, they put themselves into a state of, you know, not having necessarily to worry. Um, but because it's like, hey, I value these things, which, by the way, are, you know, are free like nature. Mm-hmm. I heard a, a, I had a. Um, uh, Tim Gray was on my podcast, for, uh, who's a biohacker, like world-renowned biohacker. And he was talking about, he's like, it's funny when you think about, a lot of times when people think biohacking and doing all the stuff for your body, he goes, yeah, well, you know, it could be very expensive for infrared. It could be very expensive for um, ozone therapy to your blood. It could be very expensive for all these supplements. It could be very expensive. He's like, well, yeah, those are things that are great and all if you can afford them, but they're also like, you know, um, sometimes shortcuts. He's like, are you aware that all of the greatest things for your health are free? The sun, water. Yeah. You know, drinking water, nutrition, grounding on the earth, walking barefoot on the earth, sleep. He's like, all these things <laughs> are absolutely free. You want to talk about resourcefulness? All the things that you need to do for your body. Like, so if somebody complains that like, you know, oh, well, I, I can't afford it. Like, really? You can't afford free. Then Seriously. All, then all you're telling me is that you don't have time. And that is your greatest asset, which you are not managing. Mm, I love it. <laughs> Right. Like when you really think about it. Right. You know, and actually I have a friend visiting from out of town and uh, yesterday. um, Actually, no, the day before yesterday, we went out to the park and I did my 45 minute cardio. You know, I do that daily. And then I said, you know, why don't we bring a blanket? Mm. And I just laid it out. She did her thing. I did my little meditation and we sat in the sun. Sorry. No. For. um. I don't even know how long. Mm. Which is so healthy for you to be out in the sun. And it was just so relaxing. And so it just, I felt grounded. Yeah. And and it was free. It was, yeah. we were literally at a park. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so it, any of you listening, you don't have to go to Starbucks and work. You can grind your beans at home. <laughs> yes. <laughs> actually, by the way, I make a crazy killer coffee at, at the house. Like I'm actually like a barista at home. You know, and, and I know like some people say like, hey, look, you know, saving on the Starbucks doesn't really maybe add up. Maybe it depends on the level you're at. But still, it's also the fact that like I can do it at home. I love and enjoy the process. Then I can go outside and work outside if I want on my patio or like you said, like in a park or like, you know, on the ground, like out in the sun, like all of these things um, that are also intuitive and productive for our life overall, like our actual livelihood. Mm-hmm. And we, we get in our own way thinking that things have to look a certain way right and they don't right they they really like i i don't go to i don't have a gym membership i don't go to the gym 
And I used to say, well, I can't work out because I don't go to the gym. Well, when 2020 happened, I bought myself some some weights and I have my little setup. So in the morning I get up and I work out in my living room. Yep. And then I do 45 minutes outside and that's it. Right. Well, this this keeps going back to the I love the, the underlying theme of like a lot of people can say they can't do things, but they can. Yes. It's just how it like you brought up in the beginning, how it looks in any given moment. Like so it's like even now that people can go back to the gyms, which I thought never should have been shut down. But anyway, <laughs> it's like <laughs> health. We need what we want. Good health. But like um, that idea of like, OK, you can't afford a gym membership. Fine. Then walk around your neighborhood. Yeah. Like start somewhere and build from there. You know, and it's interesting we get so lost, we meaning society gets so lost at like how um, a starting point should look. Yep. When it's actually the greatest things are the most simple. Oh, they are. Actually, they really are. Well, (laughs) one of my favorite, one of my favorite quotes, which you just reminded me of is Darren Hardy. And it's small, seemingly insignificant moment to moment choices that add up to big results. So true. So you can sit there and do nothing. Yeah. And it's going to add up to a big result, whether it's at the expense of your health, at yep. the expense of your finances, at the expense of your your relationship with yep. your family and your friends. Or you can take small little baby steps mm-hmm. every single day and just know that that's going to compound yep. over time. Resourcefulness and the compound effect is real so real that compound effect my god and yes. by the way if anybody's listening to this at, at this moment right now well that sounds funny to say that but like while you're listening to this i want you to think about this just do one week of watch what a compound effect of like do one thing every day for one week and just watch the compound effect from that forget like the whole years and all that other stuff but like one week well and if you can do a week add another week right challenge exactly. yourself to just add exactly. an extra week and keep going right mm-hmm. but start with a week yeah and it's 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 actually quite incredible too i remember the first time i really not the first time because i you see the the compound effects so many times throughout your life but i remember that when i first started really getting into understanding nutrition this was about seven years ago i remember a nutritionist um was like telling me about all of these things that i was going to have to do and i'm like oh shit overwhelmed you know very <laughs> But here's how she did it. It was genius. <laughs> I think I might have mentioned this on a podcast. I'm sure I've had to at some point. But like, it was quite genius. She's like, this week, we're going to add one thing, remove one thing. And I'm like, that's it? She's like, yeah. And at first, even then, that was like, oh, like that is that going to be overwhelming? She's like, I'd like you to add a gallon of water a day. And I'd like you to go to your fridge right now. And she's like, pull out that um, Coffee Mate vanilla creamer. I was like, okay. And she's like, I want you to read some ingredients on there. And I was like, yeah. And I read all the ingredients. She was like that one right there you hear that one i was like yeah and she goes that's in paint thinner i'm like oh and she's like yeah and i was like i just like dropped it right <laughs> like the trash right after that she's like i'd like you to remove that from your coffee and find an alternative yeah that was it that was all i had to do that week then the next week add one thing remove one thing next week add one thing remove one thing what do you think happened after eight weeks it we get so overwhelmed by the maximum amount of choices when it only takes like one or two compounded daily, weekly, monthly, yearly. And then it becomes a habit. So this kind of ties into hypnosis. Right. So, and then there's, there's repetition. (laughs) Okay. So you're, you're repeating that behavior over and over. You're focused 
on what you're doing and you're being guided, right? Mm -hmm. And then it just becomes a part of your lifestyle and a part of who you are. Exactly. So and exactly it. I, I've always struggled with drinking water and I started drinking a gallon of water a day and I bought myself a jug and mm -hmm. it has like the time. Mm -hmm. So by this time, so today yep. I drank all my water. Nice. And I was like, I have to go record this thing, but I don't want to bring my water. And then I have to go to the restroom. So I drank up until 3 p.m. Yep. <laughs> it's like I'll, I'll start drinking more later. But for me, when I look at the gallon, it's overwhelming. Yeah. I look at it. I'm like, that's a lot of water right. to drink. But if I pour it in a cup. Yep. And I just drink it one cup at a time and I can see the movement on the time yep. and the progress adding that cup made such a difference for me oh yeah versus drinking it out of the gallon yeah i don't it sounds quirky i don't know no i do the same thing i i um i've been using my hydro flask lately but yeah i got the the big one that i think i put on my stories like a couple years ago and then a couple of people are like <laughs> where'd you get that on amazon i'm like here it's like you know 20 bucks um and it's very i have to get a new one it's very helpful yeah. and, I, and it becomes kind of like a fun thing whether i'm drinking out of it or i pour i like pouring it because you're like yeah look at that thing go down you i know. know when i pour yeah. it i can see the difference yeah. and then i like drink the water right down and uh and it's those little things like i, I remember even when i started working with, out with a trainer um and when i first started uh i was asked you know oh, okay like you know three month goals like how long do you want to go and i was like what are you talking about i was like let the juice run Mm -hmm. let the meter run i went into it with i don't want a time expectation i want a lifestyle yep and now for anybody listening now i get it not everybody can afford a trainer you know you'd be surprised it depends on like what you can find out there and who you know maybe somebody you know that does whatever you know but the point being was that the overwhelm for me see i i stepped back to understand what is the overwhelm the overwhelm for me was I don't have time to know, like, I never had a problem necessarily going to the gym. I, there were, once I started getting a little bit too heavy into my work, maybe, but, um, it's like, what muscle groups are you working out and why, what are you eating in according to what you're working on? What do you really need more? Like in terms of proportion, like all of this shit was so overwhelming because I already have enough on my plate. Yep. Well, what does that do? We, it makes us want to do it less because I don't want to have to figure it out. So going to somebody be like, you know what I need? That's what you do for a living. Mm-hmm. So I want you to do what what you do for a living on me as, um, you know, a service so I can not have to necessarily think about that, but do it over a very prolonged uh, amount of time that is very sustaining, that becomes a natural way of life for me. And then I'll also, from repetition, know exactly how to do what I'm doing with any given muscle group at any given point in time. And I'm now two years in, and it's very interesting to see, like, I know how like my body feels. It's interesting also to watch the progress of it over time and how it takes shape without the pressure of I need a 90 day goal. And by the way, anybody who wants to do 90 day, 90 day goals, go for it. But I wanted the lifestyle of it just being a natural thing that I will never, for me, I won't go without working out it and having movement in my weeks. Yeah. And it removed the expectation of being somewhere at a certain time. And it built in the compound effect, which now I'm like naturally notice certain areas of my body, like have just certain amount of muscle, like especially like around the knees where I needed it, you know, certain things with my arms or my core, like all these areas. I'm like, huh, you know, compound effect. Just over time. And um, yeah, I love that. I uh, I need to get back. On <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, you know, and by the way, it's a it really is a journey. I get because, you know, on one point it's exercise, but where is it mostly where is it mostly made? 
the kitchen. 80% is the kitchen. So it's really like no matter the working out like is one thing, but like it's the nutrition that's everything. Man, is that a journey? I know for some people they're like, oh, that's easy. I'm like, yeah, when'd you start? <laughs> when'd you start though, bro? <laughs> you, know? you know, and I think for me, water has been a big component mm-hmm. of just, you know, staying hydrated. And then um, but it does become a lifestyle. Like I wanna say last year around the fall. I started changing things for my health and I don't like the expectation of like you have to do this or you have to be here. I like to keep things simple because the more complicated they are, the more resistance I create around it. Yes. So for me, it has to be simple. And that's why I started the workouts in my living room. Mm-hmm. And then I wanted to be in nature. So how do I incorporate being in nature? OK, that's my time to do cardio. Mm-hmm. And um so it's it's cre- for whoever is listening, just create something that works with your lifestyle. Yeah. And what are the things that you value? Yep. And create something around that. It doesn't have to be going to a fancy gym. It doesn't have to be um, buying a what? What's that new bike that everyone's talking oh, the about? Peloton. Yeah, everyone's like, I need a Peloton. Like you don't. Okay, if you have a bicycle, ride your bike. Right. Um, right. <laughs> <laughs> but just keep it simple and just know that if there's a day that you miss or skip because life happens, make the commitment to yourself and say, you know what, I'll just pick up tomorrow. Yeah. And if that voice tries to talk you out of it, yep. ignore the noise. <laughs> Always. And it may fool you a few times along the way. Oh, I try to talk myself yeah. out of stuff all the time. Oh, Janine, you could just, just this one time, Janine. Right. But then that one time turns right. into more times right. and then we create that habit. Right. Got to follow through on your word. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, as you are having me think about it, even like with the Peloton situation, you ever find people buy very expensive equipment or studio equipment and they never use it. All right. Yep. So for anybody listening, this goes back to the reason why some people get the Peloton and really use it. They might have built up a lot of endurance along the way in putting together the path that eventually led to, oh, this would be the next logical step in my journey because I'm already doing most of the things that have got what got me here won't get me there. Peloton would be next. I love that. Versus like starting at the very beginning, let me get a Peloton. Oh, I'm not really going to use it. Oh, wait, I'm back in debt again on this like huge thing. Oh, and yep. like, you know, and then thus again, the cycle and the overconsumption and all this other stuff. So like resourcefulness isn't just like a lifestyle choice. It's actually very much an honoring of the process of getting from where you're at to where you want to go. Yep. And being mindful. And the whole way. Yeah. The whole way. And there we have it. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, One of the things that we mentioned we were going to talk about, um, deciding what things you can cut out to be resourceful with not just your money, but also your time. Mm. I know we kind of touched anyways already a little bit on that, but, you know, I know we're we're rounding out the hour, but it was like, I liked that thought when you were sharing that as like something of passion. Like, what can we cut out? Not just of money. Because I think we we definitely focus a little bit on that here for everybody listening. Like, there's a lot of different things you can kind of cut out that way, but like also things with our time. And that's all. That's a whole other rabbit hole. We can probably condense it. Well, for me, time is one of the most valuable things. hundred percent. For me, my time, my freedom, um, that is definitely something that I value. Yes. 
And so how are you using your time? Mm-hmm. Who are you hanging out with? Mm-hmm. You know, I've had some friends that, you know, we may have been in alignment and things were great for years, but then with growth or people changing over time, things change. So what energy are you surrounding yourself yes. with? And I think we're we're right near Old Town Scottsdale. Right. This was my stomping grounds back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And um and so so when I think of you know that time in my life and you know I valued going out. I valued the night scene. Now that's not a th- like I've just it's not my thing anymore. Right. So for me when it comes to time, I'd rather spend time with quality people. Right. And have those quality relationships and then plan my day. Mm-hmm. Because if I don't plan the day, then the entire day can go by and it's like, what what did I do today? Mm-hmm. So even if it's just, if you have a project or you have like tax seasons coming up, how many of us don't mm-hmm. have to get our taxes together for our accountant, right? So it's just managing the time and, and giving a deadline and being committed to it. Even if it's just working on something for 15 minutes because mm-hmm. that's all you could allocate to that certain task. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I think of time, it is, it's time is, yeah, it is. Because we can't get it back. No, it's a, a depleting asset that is our most valuable asset mm-hmm. at the same time. And 100% agree with you. Um, the more discerning we are with our time and intentional we become with it. Yeah, and that, yeah. And I think I learned that with my son. He's now 17. Mm. Um, But children from zero to seven, they operate in basically a hypnotic state. Mm. So they're in that learning mode, that sponge mode that, you know, they learn how to walk, they learn how to crawl, they learn how to talk. So that that zero to seven is crucial years. Mm For children that are developing hmm. and when I look at the time that I spent with my son I at the time I didn't know I didn't know about hypnosis I didn't understand the mind and and all that to the extent that I do now but had I known that I would have used that time differently hmm. I was working in corporate America I had my Tia Elia who was like my nanny and I'd fly her back and forth from Panama to take care of Giovanni and um and thank goodness for her because she was so amazing with him and she gave him everything that mm. he needed during that time. Um, but yeah, so so if there's any listeners that are parents and you have children from zero to seven, be very, very mindful of your time with them and um, just know that they're in the most creative time of their lives. Mm-hmm. So if they want to have a tea party or they have an imaginary friend, just believe them and go along with them because they're tapping into that part of the brain. And if you say, well, you're crazy, there's no one there. What do you think we're programming? Right. You know, is imaginary friend God? <laughs> like, you know, like when you really think, and by the way, I'm not saying God's imaginary. I'm saying that for them, who who are we to say that what they're, yeah. like maybe they're just, because they say that um, a child between, um, yeah, I guess zero to seven, um, but really a, a child period is closest to birth. And when they're close to birth, their soul is still the most open, like they're most tapped into their soul and their purpose. And so like they're probably the most tapped in to God. Yeah. And like, you know, imaginary friend, you can call it all you want. But, like maybe it's God talking to them and like, you know, in, in a multitude of different ways. And here we are programming them and not we, but like society. 
And yeah. how do you think we connect with God? We talk to God. Mm-hmm. We, oh, through prayer and through meditation and through. So yeah. my favorite, absolute, and we've heard this over and over and over, but how many times have you not heard the Holy Spirit is within you? Yep. Yeah. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. So leave it to quote unquote adults telling these beautiful tapped in, you know, youth, by the way, don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And, and when they're mm-hmm. acting their age or they're, you know, they're being toddlers and we're right. like, you're misbehaving. I can't take you anywhere. What yeah. do you think we're programming? No, they're acting too. You're probably just sitting at the restaurant way past the time that they should be sitting there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so yeah, when I think of time, I think of time spent with family, time spent with, you know, friends, mm-hmm. time that, you know, to get projects done, like how do we allocate that time and how do we use it wisely? Because like you said, it's a depleting asset and we don't get that time back. And cutting out things. So when we cut out and remove things from um, that, we spend time on that we shouldn't. Netflix. (laughs) We have way more time for things. When I hear people say, I don't have enough time. uh, You know, I had an old mentor from years ago say, do an audit on your time um, uh, for seven days document all day, all night, what you're doing at any given time. It is the scariest exercise you will ever do because you will realize how much time you waste and how much extra time you really have in a, in a clock day. You know, I'm not saying like necessarily like, you know, we're all here for however much time, but, um, and I found where I was wasting so much time and what I was doing with it. And then it led me to scheduling my days more than actually just having like an active calendar. And when you have an active calendar, and you, by the way, it doesn't have to just be for work. It's for everything. Yep. When you have an active calendar, oh, are you available for happy hour? Like, no, actually, I'm not. Oh, are you available for this? Like, no, actually, I'm not. Like, you know, and no, I'm not saying for like your good friends. I'm just saying for like um, just the things that maybe you don't want to be doing anymore. And some people say, oh, I feel bad letting people down. I'm like, you won't if you have a calendar. Because nope. you're like, oh, no, I have an appointment. Because you'll know what's going on. I have a you'll friend know what's going on. that actually... She always says to me, Janine, you never want to hang out. And I, 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 it's not that I don't want to hang out. You call me literally last minute, right? giving me like two hours and I already have something scheduled. Exactly. It's and exactly she, it. And I was like, why don't we plan something and we can plan either a lunch or a brunch or something. Right. Or if you want to go out at night, we can plan it. Just let me know ahead of time right. so that I can mentally prepare right. for that time and we can get together. Right. So you're saying you have to pencil me in? I'm like, well, yeah, pretty much. Right. It's, and and yeah. And I get it because they're, they're like, no, I'm living moment to moment. I'm like, yeah. but do you know what moment you're in? Exactly. <laughs> you know? So I, I do get like I'm, I, I'm both scheduled and flexible. Life, you have to be flexible because it is always changing. It is always uncertain. It is always moving. But I'm scheduled so I know what I'm doing in any given moment. And yeah. that's that's the combination, basically. So I at least know what I'm doing and why I'm doing it. But I'm flexible at any given point that it can change and I know how to handle it. And I also welcome it. Right? One of the things I had to give up was Netflix because I in I was watching something with my friend who's visiting from town. And I said to her, I miss the days where it was the episode happened and then you had to wait until next week. Remember like that? now I can literally sit here and just hit play. Right. Until I'm satisfied or until I'm tired and I go to bed. Convenience culture. Yeah. So, but yeah. So Netflix is something that I. That's an entirely different episode. Convenience <laughs> I culture. Gave up. I, I love it. What, um, anything in particular you have coming up that you're excited about or that you're working on or, you know, 
anything in particular at all. Or you could just tell everybody where they can find you online. I have an event coming up, but I don't know the details of it yet. So that is an unknown that is getting planned and coming together. But you can find me at inspiredmindhypnosis.com. Um, you can also find me on my Instagram, Janine Janae. I think it's just J-A-N-I-N. Is that, is, uh, there's no accent. You should have told is, me. There's an accent. <laughs> there's an it's accent? Okay. Well, I didn't have it on here. I, I, yeah, that makes way more sense. Because I was like, oh, I think she's going by her first and middle name. No, Janine Janae. It's my okay. first and last name. Okay. And uh, so, yeah, you can find me on Instagram. It's just spelled funky. So it looks like Jan and Jane. J-A-N-I-N. The Janine I got. <laughs> J-A-N-E. And then, um, you know, to your listeners, if anyone is excited or, you know, just intrigued and wants to explore hypnosis, um, feel free to reach out to me and I will give you a hustle sold separately. Or wait, what is it? The dream is free. The hustle sold separately. Hustle sold separately. I'll give you a little discount for your listeners. So amazing. We'll talk about that a little bit afterwards. Yeah. Well, I can put anything in the show notes for any of you guys listening. But if you reach out to her, J-A-N-I-N-J-A-N-E on Insta, you'll find her. And then you guys, you know, DM. But um, I always tell people like, you know, listen, everybody's busy. You know, be, you know, if she doesn't get back to you right away, I'm sure she will. But, you know, it's like, you know, be calm about it all. You know, people will get busy and all that stuff. But reach out, um, you know, and she can um, kind of walk you through maybe her process from that. But um, but yeah, any any additional like about the events or, or any of like where they can find you, I can put that all in the show notes of the so it'll okay. live on Apple and Spotify and all that stuff for them. And um, this was awesome. Thank you for, you know, for coming into the studio. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. And I was excited to finally meeting you after uh, hearing you all you. these years. So thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, for everybody listening, um, she randomly put uh, Kyle Creek, the captain and I <laughs> into a, <laughs> a group text and said, hey, you do need to talk on a podcast. And that's exactly what we did a week later. So that was great. That was pretty yeah. epic as well, too. So, you know, um, God bless the, the the Internet world for all of this. Right. Um, I say this to all of my guests. You're welcome back on anytime. Um, it's a journey driven podcast. Right. So today and six months from now, it may look very different. Obviously, right now, six minutes from now is looking very different <laughs> in this world that we're living in. So you're welcome back on any time. So please do, you know, do so. Um, and just appreciate you coming on the show. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate you. And for everybody listening, inspiredmindhypnosis.com. Yeah. Um, and also Janine Janae, J-A-N-I-N. And is it dot, right? Mm-hmm. J-A-N-E. Yes. On um, on Instagram. So be sure to reach out to her and, uh, you know, connect there and whatnot. If you uh, if you want, you can always reach out to me. I'm happy to facilitate. So I appreciate you guys constantly for listening. Uh, I truly appreciate you guys every single week and for all the ratings and the reviews and, um, you know, just constantly supporting and being a part of this community along the way. You guys are epic. And uh, for my exceptional guest, Janine Janae, for myself, Matt Gottesman, for The Hustle Sold Separately. We are out.